Hello, this is Yara Stark, and welcome to an Entrepreneur's Journey podcast interview with an expert. Today on the line with me is Chris Guthrie, and I don't even know where Chris is from, so I'll have to find that out in a moment. I know he's American, and uh, Chris came to my attention from a couple of places. He's got a unique uh, background story and how he started to make money on the internet, and, and he's done a few different things. He's kind of... Uh, Sounds like he's got a little bit of a similar story to mine, but let's not spoil the fun and, and talk a little bit about uh, Chris directly. So, Chris, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. So, I always like to begin with uh, the rudimentary question, how did you begin your life? Did you uh, you know, go to university and de- get a degree? Did you you know, finish high school? Where were you at education-wise? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, when I finished high school, I went to a community college to do that for two years just because it's uh, it's pretty cheap over here. Um, it's only like a few thousand dollars a year, basically. Oh, and so I did here? that. Oh, par- oh, yeah. Sorry. I know you mentioned <laughs> you didn't know where I was at. <laughs> yeah, Seattle, Washington. So Okay. So you're on yeah, the lived West Coast. In, yeah, yeah. I've lived in Washington for most of my life. And, um, yeah, I did the community college thing, and that gets, that got my first two years of a four-year degree done. And uh, then I went over to um, Western Washington University to get a degree in marketing. And uh, for me, it was always just kind of web-type stuff. I was always kind of interested in, in doing those types of things. And uh, for a long time throughout schooling, just trying all these different types of web projects that I can talk your ear off about, basically. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what was your uh, your living? How are you making money around this sort of time? Did, did you like st- straight away start making money on the internet, or did you go into a job eventually? Or? Uh, so all through college, I was doing web type stuff and, and trying to find um, you know ways to make money, and uh, I never really found something that was enough to really sustain um, you know my entire living expenses. I think. By the time I was in my last year at college, I was paying for my rent with a website I owned. Uh, what was but, that? But, you know, it was gamingvids.com with a Z. And that shows you an example of how, as a beginner, it doesn't really pass the <laughs> radio test. And I'm sure people that are listening right now will probably type that in and use an S instead of a Z. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so and how it was. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. It's because that was the first site that I'd really kind of uh, tried launching. I'm assuming it was gaming videos. So, did, did, how did it make money? Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I basically, I kind of got started by playing Halo, uh, and I basically just recorded a bunch of different plays of all my best uh, game types, and it was all for a college video editing course. And I, I someone put it online. I don't even think YouTube was really um, that popular at the time. But I started getting all these friend requests over Xbox Live from people saying they saw my video on these different Halo websites. And so when I tracked these Halo sites down, I saw you know that they had a lot of different comments and lots of people reading them. So I thought, maybe I'll do another video and launch a website. So that's, that's basically what I did to launch that uh, gaming vid site. And what, what's the era? What, what's the date for this? Yeah, so this is uh, 2000, let me think here, 2007, I believe. Yeah, 2007, I think. Maybe 2006. <laughs> okay, so it, it's fairly recent in, in terms of internet years. So, uh, yeah. you know, you're obviously uh, fresh out of uni from four years ago, university, sorry, from four years ago. So, um, well, maybe we could take us forward. Like, you've got, you've got this experience running the Halo site. Uh, well, actually, you didn't mention exactly how did it make money if you're making, you're not for your rent. 
Yeah, so I mean, I, I basically just used that initial video to launch the site, and it was a forum, so, and it still is, it's kind of a, it's pretty dead now, and there's not nearly as much traffic as it used to have, but uh, this the site was just a forum where people could talk about different video games, and then also share their own, like, video game montages, and uh, the site was basically, uh, what did I do with it? Oh, yeah, I... I had to use um, because when you start a forum, and anyone that's listening that has tried starting a forum before will, will, will know that it's really difficult to get that initial traction because you know people won't join something where they see no activity. And so I actually had like thirty different accounts on there where I was just talking to myself <laughs> yep. from the time that the, the website was launched, and then the time that I launched the video, basically just waiting for enough people to come from seeing the video to come talk on the forum, and so I could stop. Talk to myself. <laughs> yeah, form of insanity there. <laughs> I think I remember writing an article giving that exact advice: uh, create fake profiles, and, and um, <laughs> you know people would do it. I remember hearing a story of someone who created a, a spreadsheet and wrote down the personality types of each of the pro- profiles <laughs> he created, so he could make sure they sounded unique and had to be in that voice when he did it. So, so, yeah, it, it's it works it's for you. Yeah, it worked. I mean, I so I did that, and within like only a week or two, uh, it was pretty much you know getting enough traffic from people and, and enough people commenting and just posting new threads in the forum that uh, I didn't need to talk on those accounts anymore. And uh, that video was actually a re- it was a really popular Halo Two montage. So now that I'm thinking back, it was probably more like 2006 or 2005 when I started the site. But um, Halo Two is an Xbox game for people that uh, aren't familiar, but um, yeah, that video uh, is it's called Untouchable. If you ever wanted to search for it on YouTube, just Untouchable, the Halo God or something, and it would probably pull up. But uh, of all the different versions, I think it's been, mute, been viewed about a million times or so. So it had a lot, of, a lot of people watching it and helped out to build the site quite a bit. Now, I presume you're obviously a one-man show during all of this. Uh, did you have a natural inclination to making websites? Like, you know, Did you know HTML and... and- you know, style sheets and programming or things like that, self-taught? No, and actually, I, I still don't really know that stuff. I used uh, vBulletin for the forum software because it was just kind of like WordPress where I could just pay for a theme. I think I paid $35 for the theme that was on the site, and it was just kind of a the stuff that I was changing was just really minor HTML-type stuff. And, you know, since that point, I've never really learned that much beyond it because... And especially now at this stage in my career that it's just kind of a, I think it would just take me too long to get good enough to, you know, whereas I could just pay someone to do it now. <laughs> but the, I know you'd asked earlier that the way it made money, the site, it was just all from AdSense. And, um, you know, was, at the height of its popularity, it was getting about half a million page views a month, um, which is more traffic than most of the sites I own now. But um, yeah, that's good. Yeah. But the, but the problem I found is that, you know, people don't really, you know, advertisers don't really want to spend that much money on video game websites, specifically forums too. So, yeah, I mean, and forums are n- notoriously good at doing a lot of page views, uh, but not quality traffic. I know I've had a couple of forums in my lifetime, and they often, because a forum requires people to read, you know, page after page after page, you get this sort of three to four to five to six, even up to ten multiples of unique visitors. Where mm-hmm. like a blog, you can get one five to two to three, at, usually at best. So, it is, yeah. yeah, it's interesting like that. So, take us forward then with the the process. So, you you had this site. You you you're, you 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 did a marketing degree. So, 
I guess there's a bit of a connection there, but still, you're doing the internet, so it's like me, it's a little bit, um, little bit difference there, but you can certainly combine the two. So what did you do after you graduated? Well, uh, you know, after I graduated, I, you know, I, that, that site was probably doing about $500 a month in AdSense, which was enough for me to pay for my rent when I was splitting it with, you know, several other roommates, but, um, you know, it certainly wasn't enough to live on. And so I had to go get a, a day job and I kind of stuck with the video game route and I actually went and did uh, game testing at Microsoft full time and then continued to try and do web stuff while I was there. And it was kind of like, beating a dead horse because I kept trying doing trying to do video game type websites <laughs> and so I had like several other different types of video game forum sites but you know none of them really had that much traction um, while I was doing that <laughs> you, you clearly had a bit of a video game issue going on yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I think I still do because I mean if there's a new like a new Call of Duty comes out or a new Halo comes out then I usually take a few days off of work and just play that <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. That's an interesting niche because it's it's so time dependent. The way games will come into popularity and then drop out. I've always found, you know, unless you're a, a site that covers everything, which is must be ridiculously hard, unless you can you know hire lots of people to play lots of games, it's uh-huh. got to be challenging to maintain an income stream from the video game niche. Yeah, and I mean that's and that's kind of what I found out is that it wasn't really something that was easy to sustain. Um, you know, I tried to do you know just top tier franchises so there'd be like an uptick in traffic every time a new version of the game came out. So if it was Halo every two to three years or whatever, but um, it really just didn't work very well. And and then actually that's after I, I worked a year at Microsoft and they require you to. Um, to if you're a contractor to quit for three months they basically fire you because uh long story short you know you just can only work there for a certain period of time and then so i went and did a sales job after that okay which was selling uh it equipment i was used to do uh as inside sales account manager and uh i won't name the company but i hated my job (laughs) (laughs) and i worked there for just one day over two years. It was two years and one day, and that was the day I got fired, October thirteenth, two thousand nine. <laughs> Funny that you remember the date like that. <laughs> I, you know, I, and the, part of the reason why I did that is because I had been doing a lot better online. A lot, you know, I kind of had figured out forget the video game thing, and you know, try some other stuff. And I was already kind of making you know enough money for my websites that was surpassing my day job income. So. That's when I was like, all right, this is a blessing in disguise. I'll just do this full time. <laughs> well, take us through it. So you went from video games. What was next? Yes. I mean, I, I pretty much just was – I had the unoriginal idea that um, you know, maybe people would be interested in product reviews. You know, I mean, I, or, or rather that uh, if I started a product review website, you know, I could sell the product that I was reviewing, right? <laughs> It sounds simple enough, and I mean, it really is kind of a simple thing, and people still run tons of these sites like this. And so I started several different types of product review sites, and one of those sites um, was uh, netbookreviews.com. And uh, that was a site that I ended up selling uh, about four months ago in a deal worth six figures. So that was my first six-figure sale uh, of a website. But, uh, we can talk about that in a moment, but uh, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, you started several review sites. How did you pick these subjects? Some, was it something like subjects you were interested in, or 
It was, yeah, it was almost always just subjects I was interested in. I mean, with netbooks, for example, I always like to do computers, kind of a nerd gamer type person. So I thought, you know, these are kind of cool, these little computers that, uh, and I started the site, you know, about a few months after they were even came on the market. So that was another thing where I think the timing was just right to get in and start a site when everything was kind of still on the way up. And, uh, yeah, it was almost always just based on, you know, what I was interested in. And then I would try and do some, some keyword research to see, you know, how often people were searching for things as well. But, uh, you know, I basically would just come home from my day job after I, you know, would be stressed out cause I was doing sales and it's nothing really high pressure or anything, but there's still, uh, always a lot of pressure on you to perform and you have your manager that has, some ridiculous metric that you have to do each month and oh we need you to sell printers this month and i'm like well if my customers aren't buying printers then <laughs> so it would just be that constant struggle that you know anyone that's done sales will can relate to that <laughs> but i would just get home and then work on these sites and um i was using amazon's affiliate program uh primarily for for monetization and uh, started doing pretty well with that. I think in 2009, I earned about $42,000 with Amazon's affiliate program. Okay, so well, tell us a little bit more uh, with, with reviewing. I'm assuming, did you, like, get a, a product uh, and use it yourself to write reviews? Or, you know, how did you create these sites and fill them with content? Yeah, so it was a combination of uh, both things. I mean, you can do, I mean, you can do, like, the gray hat method where you can just review products by reading, you know, other reviews. I know there's everyone that was competing against, seems like almost everyone that was competing against me in some of these review sites, that's what they were doing. But um, I went the opposite approach, and I thought, you know, I want to try and build up, you know, more of an authority-style site with with one of the review sites. And so I did that with uh, Netbook Reviews by uh, contacting, you know, all the different manufacturers and telling them, you know, I run this website. Uh, I'm looking for, you know, netbooks to, to review on my website you know, i do a video of them all this other stuff it's free publicity for you and uh you know you can there's always people that are in charge of pr for companies especially you know larger companies that would be making netbooks like samsung and sony and all those other ones and so it was just a matter of contact just spending a lot of time researching and trying to contact the right types of people uh, and then finally starting to get them to send send them out to me all right, and you do that even when you didn't have a whole lot of traffic on the site? Because it kind of sounds like a chicken and the egg thing. You know, if you don't have reviews, you won't get an audience, but you can't get product until you get an audience. So how, exactly. <laughs> how did you deal with that? So I, I did it. Uh, I, I kind of covered netbook news at first. You know, I started just with uh, news types of articles. And, uh, you know, I kind of would mention, you know, if certain new models were coming out. And really, though, it was just a matter of saying, okay, I'm just going to contact these people and say, you know, I have netbookreviews.com. It's a great domain name for a website about netbook reviews. So I said, you know, hey, this is a site, you know, I rank in Google or, you know, here's the traffic that I get. And it really, I mean, I think that for the most part, you know, these companies and these PR people, you know, they part of their job is to get, you know, more press and more people talking about their products. So they're really easy to approach and to contact and ask them to get, you know, to, to send you stuff out, you know, uh, just find their email on the website and send an email. Yeah. That- yeah. Or just try and search like, you know, Samsung press or, you know, and, and lots of times too, you find that uh, certain companies you use PR agencies and they're even easier to work with than if they're an in-house employee at least from what I found of my own experience. And then obviously some companies just don't have a really huge presence and they only work with the larger sites. But, you know, 
across you know any types of products, whether it's something really obscure or something more mainstream, I know that you can get people to send stuff out. It's not for free. You know, obviously I have to send these back, but uh, yeah, I mean it wasn't too bad, and I would get about you know a month worth of time to test them out, and I do uh, video reviews of them. All right, and that's how you create content. Yeah, I mean, I did that, and then obviously, too, I, I, I thought from the perspective that because the site was Nepic Reviews, I figured that um, most people coming there are looking for actual reviews and not as much about, like, the latest news, like, hey, there's a new Intel processor that's due out in five months from now, and you'll probably forget about it, but <laughs> just keep it in mind. You know, so I just focus more on the here and now type stuff because uh, in doing that, I was also also found I was able to, you know, uh, be able to promote products that were actually available for sale and not just stuff that was eventually going to be able for sale. Okay, and, and how well did this eventually go for you? This is You said it was Amazon's affiliate program was the income stream, So, and you made about 40000 that that first year. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, and actually um, a lot of that too came in the holiday time period. I you know, that was just from a collection of my sites, and Nebuch Reviews was one of my bigger sites. And uh, 2009, it was, I'm trying to think now, it was uh, $9,000 in November and I believe 13000 in December. So it was a huge, um, huge amount of money for me considering that, you know, I'd started with Amazon's affiliate program and trying to do these review sites, you know, in the first part of 2009. So to go from that, you know, all the way up to the point where, you know, I get fired in October and think, okay, I'm going to do this full time. Then all of a sudden, I made twenty grand in the next two months. It was it was awesome. And then also, you know, I was like, okay, this is definitely what I'm going to stick to. Is trying to always have something that's actually available for sale with the websites that I build. And that was profit when you say thirteen thousand dollars in December. That was money in your pocket, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've always been uh, risk averse, I guess you could say, and so I've never done a lot of uh, paid traffic. I know it's something that I'm really need to spend more time on <laughs> but uh you know i talked to my pay-per-click friends and they're always talking about all the time they have to spend monitoring their campaigns whereas you know i can just go out go to hawaii for a week and then only have to check email <laughs> so that's kind of why i've stuck to the organic free traffic approach i could talk about traffic in a moment but that the reason why i asked that i'm assuming you know the amazon affiliate program the affiliate commission percentage is quite small you know usually between I don't know, two and and five percent at best. Uh, if, correct me if I'm wrong. So, for you to make a profit of thirteen thousand dollars, you must have sold well over a hundred thousand dollars in actual products through the Amazon stores. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I mean, I've it's been about a little over two years now since I've been using Amazon's affiliate program, and I believe I've made about ninety thousand dollars with them. And so obviously that would have been a little bit higher had I not sold sold one of my bigger sites uh, in late last year. But their affiliate program, it's actually it starts at four percent, but that's for like one to six items, and then you know six to thirty one, I believe it's six percent, and then it jumps up in half percent increments all the way up to eight and a half percent. So during those uh, those holiday months, you know I was getting about. 8.25% on my commission because you know, I got all the way up the referral tier because of you know shipping out so much stuff. Right. Okay, so the more you sell, the, the better your commission. Yeah. So I'm curious to hear how exactly you're able to get so much traffic to these sites because, again, I'm doing the math on $90,000 in Amazon commissions over two years. That's got to be 
you know, even if, if that's 8% of the sale price, you're getting close to a million dollars in products sold. So you must be putting through some serious traffic. Uh, like put, put, put yourself in the shoes of someone who's interested in starting to write the review site. You know, what do they do? How do they, they do they use a WordPress blog? Um, how do they, you know, choose a, a product category to go after? Give us the start to finish of this process in like five minutes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah, 90,000, yeah, the 90,000 commissions has been about a million, 300,000 in revenue to Amazon just in total sales. So yeah, it's been a huge chunk. And then, you know, people always say, uh, well, if you've been promoting something with a 50% commission, you'd have made, you know, half a million dollars. And then my argument is always, well, isn't it a lot easier to sell someone something that's a physical product when, you know, just doing a product review um, rather than like selling something that has a 50%, you know, commission like some type of dating tips from clickbank or something so but yeah as for what i would do is um traffic generation wise i would just go after free organic type traffic and so i would use it primarily come from search engines just like google and then i'd also use different types of social media stuff and then a lot of email list building so a lot of the things that you might hear about in the whole uh, internet marketing niche you know, I would just apply to these different types of uh, other niches, and people are a lot more, you know, willing to give out their email address if you're going to provide them with a free buyer's guide or something. And then you have their email address for the times in which uh, you can promote, you know, really heavily where there are really good deals, you know, genuinely good deals going on on Amazon.com. And then that would be obviously a lot of big, a lot of traffic to be able to um, be sent to the site then too. And so. Um, one of the things I do, though, too, is I use just uh, keyword research programs to see, you know, how often different types of review-type keyword phrases were searched. Uh, I know that, you know, I could have built a site. You know, if I obviously, you know, the best domain for netbooks, for example, would be netbooks.com. But netbooks.com and netbook.com were both owned by, you know, other companies. I think Intel ended up purchasing netbook.com, and then, you know, netbooks.com was another company. And... So, I mean, I went for the next best, best thing, which is a, a review-type domain name, because I knew that even though the search volume would be lower for something like that of a term, I know that the traffic is a lot higher quality because those types of people are definitely looking to buy something. So could you, let, let's say I want to do this, and uh, I'm into, I don't know, let's say, what's something like, uh, in particular, mobile phones with QWERTY keypads. <laughs> that's, that's my niche. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, would I obviously do the research with a keyword tool? Uh, I mean, what what keyword tool would you would you use generally for this? Uh, I use uh, I use a couple actually. I kind of bounce between them. I use Micro Niche Finder, and then I also use Market Samurai. And uh, you know, either one will work pretty well. And uh, it would basically just be a matter of making sure that you know whatever niche I was going after. You know, I try and get a keyword that was, you know, searched frequently and then buy a domain name with that keyword in it. So, um, again, using the netbook reviews example, you know, the best ex- the best domain name for netbook reviews would be netbookreviews.com. So, okay, so you know, I might have like htcphonereviews.com if I'm exactly. to review HTC phones. Exactly. And then you would find out which one is searched more frequently by, you know, doing some keyword research to find out, you know, you know, what, what more people are searching for. And then, you know, my whole thing is that even though if you're looking for product review type categories, you know, I have a few sites that are really small that don't get 
a lot of search volume when compared to, you know, if I compared it against my video game site that was getting a lot of traffic, uh, and yet they make more money than that because they're really focused, you know, highly powerful keywords because you know that people are looking to buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing, I guess, with like credit cards. So if it was creditcards.com, that's obviously a, an amazing domain name, but if it was bestcreditcards.com, it would probably cost less to buy that one. And then you know that people are searching for the best credit cards and they're more likely to probably click through and, you know, go through and fill out one of your applications and then you get affiliate credit, you know, for someone signing up for a credit card. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the same approach I'd apply towards different types of product review sites. And I know you mentioned, um, like logistics on how it's set it up. I'd use WordPress for all these different types of sites just because, again, it's a free platform and then there's, you know, so much third party support with plugins. And, uh, SEO wise, I just do a lot of, um, I just changed like the post name structure. So it would be like a pretty URL, you know, like the slash percentage symbol, post name, percentage symbol, slash. And then Platinum SEO was a plugin I'd use. And link building too, if it was more of an authority style site, I'd really just try and genuinely, you know, you know, when you're building an authority type site, you want to think about building like the best type of site. And so with Nebuk Reviews is again, using that as an example, you know, I was trying to, you know, break news on new netbooks that were coming out, review the netbook first, you know, everything else that you know, you'd hear from like a typical reporter is kind of what I would be trying to do on the netbook side of things. And so I would get links from really huge sites like Engadget or other types of sites uh, of that caliber. And then those links are, you know, huge for, for SEO purposes. And if you're doing good content and everything else, it kind of works pretty well. Um, together how many reviews do you publish like one a day one a week uh not that many actually because a lot of the times it's just a matter of you know how many models of netbooks there were you know with so it would just be you know say they'd have you know one specific model but then there'd be variations of that model where there'd just be small minute differences like a larger battery pack or a different processor and so i wouldn't need to have every single version i would just try and do you know one of each model so I probably did around 30 to 40 reviews, maybe 50, in the whole time that I owned the site. Was so in, in a year or? Yeah. No, actually, I'd say over the course of the two years okay. that I don't. And how many blog posts that are newsy on top of that are we talking about? Oh, probably um, I'd have to look again to see. But several hundred. I can't remember exactly how many it was. But I mean, there was a, there was a, it was a, a much bigger ratio of news type posts to reviews. But then you know I had a WordPress team where I could use like a featured rotating section and I'd use the reviews there. Okay. So it sounds like a lot of this comes down to choosing the right domain name. Like that sounds like a really important thing. Um, choosing. Uh, an important, um, excuse me, a, a category that's got products that people do look for reviews. So the keyword research really is the make or break uh, thing in this situation. And then, of course, getting the links so that your site does rank well. Because um, I'm assuming you know you're obviously not the first person to review netbooks, yet you're obviously able to make a, a profitable site with this. So there must have been a few you know things you did well to get the traffic and therefore get that much volume of sales coming through. So. You yeah, know, if you were going to say in a nutshell, what, what's the difference between most people who try and start review sites versus what you did that worked? What would it be? Uh, I think most people, I think the domain name is one key thing. But then also, too, um, most people actually, I just hear that say they usually dismiss Amazon because they try it 
you know, putting some links up on their personal site and, you know, you, that's not really going to work very well. You know, if you're building a product review site, then you're going to be a lot, you're going to get a lot more of a click through rate and then people more have to be buying then. Um, but yeah, I think the main thing is that, uh, domain choice and then keyword research. I think that's really kind of what it comes down to again, is that you really need to make sure you're building a site around something that's actually searched. This concept to me, it's, it's so simple, but I didn't know this. I didn't even know that there were tools that could track, you know, how often a phrase was searched and it might make me sound stupid, I guess, but this is, you know, several years ago when I first started, I just was thinking, you know, I had like a video game font website again with the video games, I guess. It was um, gamingfonts.com, and uh, I had thought so much that the .com was so important that I, I could have done some research and found that more people searched for video game fonts as opposed to gaming fonts, and I could have found you know, videogamefonts.net or something and been able to get more traffic by going after the keyword you know, video game fonts. Okay. So take us forward then, Chris, from that point. You... Uh, obviously running the netbook site as well as uh, um, you haven't mentioned any of the other niches you're in with the review sites but you had a few of them then um, you're making good money uh, you know what are you thinking yeah so i mean i i basically was you know after that first time i got fired in 2009 and uh yeah everything worked pretty well in that that final year or the final end of the year where i'd made about 20 grand in profit um i actually thought you know I'm doing this full time. I'm doing, I'm kind of expanding into other types of niches. And I thought, you know, I'm going to restart up my blog because I had started a blog. It was chrisguthrie.net. That one's now just redirected to my new domain name. But yeah, I tried that. You know, I basically tried a lot of different things. And one of those things was talking, you know, having a blog where I talked about earning money online. But the problem was that I had a blog like that when I wasn't actually earning any money. So no one really cared to hear what I had to say. So I shut that blog down and that's kind of why I started to even go out and kind of find other ways to make money. But, um, you know, once I kind of figured out, you know, a lot of different, after failing with so many different things, I thought, okay, I'm going to start this blog back up to just kind of, you know, expand into another niche. And I started that blog. Uh, it was, it's make money on the internet.com. That's where I blog now about kind of internet marketing and, online type stuff and that was in the beginning of 2010 and that's up to about 5,000 subscribers or so now and that's all based on the fact that I actually could speak from experience on you know what I knew was working and what wasn't working for me and I do case studies of different types of affiliate programs or monetization methods you know that were were not working and so that worked pretty well um, with getting more people to read the site so than compared to when the first time I tried it out. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. And amazing what credibility can do for you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Again, I know it sounds if people are listening to this and they're shaking their head, and I know it's, you know, you can, I, I was definitely a very newbie about the only thing I can say I going for me is that uh, at the end of the day, I get home from, you know, working a full-time job and then, you know, put one or two hours each day, you know, working and just trying different things to, you know, to try and make money online and kind of try and find you know a lasting thing I can can build, and so with that netbook site and all the different other types of mini sites that I've been building up, um, that's when I thought you know I'm going to just try and you know sell one of my sites so I can get some capital and then try and spread out and do some other different things. And so that's um, when I ended up selling the netbook site, 
And uh, I sold that through an investment banker, actually, rather than going through um, like Flippa or something else like that. I just had talked to some other people, um, and they'd suggested, you know, if I go to an investment banker route, I might be able to get more money or I might be able to attract different types of buyers. And uh, actually, I met all those people through the Elite Retreat. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Shoe Money's event. But, uh, yeah, so I actually went to that event, and then that was in October 2009, and then two weeks later I got fired. So I had just spent, you know, $5,000 to attend this event and try and meet some people, and <laughs> and then I got fired. So, <laughs> But, you know, basically it had been suggested to, uh, you know, try talking to some investment bankers. And, uh, you know, that was kind of a whole interesting process in and of itself of, you know, going that route where – rather than just kind of throwing it up on flippa.com or some other type of online website marketplace and uh, setting a reserve and letting it go. Mm. And so you actually you wanted to sell. Like you weren't approached by anyone. You decided, I'd like some capital. I've got an asset here. Um, let's sell this because you, you thought it was time, right? Yeah, I mean, really, I just kind of had been getting tired. I mean, lots of, the, lots of what I do is kind of just based on whatever interests me at the time. And... So really it was just kind of a matter of, okay, I'm just going to try and sell this site because I know it's, uh, you know, one of the best sites in its niche. And, you know, I can have, I have plenty of historical data from the traffic and growing and the income to the site increasing. And, uh, so I decided, yeah, I'm going to try and sell it. And that's when I kind of went back to the people I met at Elite Retreat and asked for some suggestions on, you know, where they might, uh, recommend who I could sell website through and they, recommended founders investment banking that's what i ended up using now tell us a bit more about that because it's definitely not the typical way to sell a website uh, obviously you were thinking about selling something that you were you know a little higher on the the average scale we're not talking about two thousand or ten thousand dollars we're talking you know six figures for the site so what, what's the process there Yes, I mean it's. There's a lot more that goes into it than you know, like I said with Flippa, so or with any other type of online marketplace listing. It was, uh, you know, basically I contacted founders, and uh, I basically just told them, hey, I have this site. I went to this conference and they recommended you come by. And uh, to be honest, it was a little bit lower than what they they typically do. They typically do seven figure sales and up. Uh, but you know, they have. Basically, the thing is that they have access to people with with money, and they don't. The people that they have access to with a lot of money, they don't like to waste their time. So they they basically rely on these investment bankers to contact them with good deals and uh, potential sites for them to take over. So it was just a matter of compiling a ton of different data, you know, on the site and the time I spend running it and any expenses and where the where the money comes from, you know, where the traffic comes from potential for how to improve the site you know everything pretty much every aspect you can think of a website i was either providing detailed reports about it or saying you know what could could be if i did did this type of you know method with the site you know if i wanted to use pay-per-click traffic or something like that and so it was a huge um undertaking in that regard but then uh you know they would kind of shop it around to the buyers that you know had a lot of money now, I'm assuming the biggest benefit here is connections to higher, uh, well, people with more money. <laughs> long story short, yeah, <laughs> who can uh, who can see the potential and you know do something with it because they have so much capital available. In in your experience, though, is uh, that I, mean, I don't know if you've sold web- websites in other ways, uh, but you know why um, 
you know, I'm assuming this is only something you can really do with a big, a higher value website. Like you said, you usually deal with seven-figure websites, so you're kind of almost getting in luck because they were willing to deal with a six-figure website. Is because I've always wondered personally. There's, I think, websites on the lower scale. In some ways, they're undervalued in terms of multiples compared to what you can get at the higher scale. Uh, yeah, it, it's like a almost like a logarithmic scale where the, the more it's worth, the more the multiple is. So, um, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, I want to get the most money I can for my site, where would you tell them to go given different circumstances? Uh, well, I mean, if they're – so I think the main thing is to just look at how much the site's earning. And so with a netbook site, I can't say how much it was earning at the time or how much it sold for, everything else like that because of what I had to sign. But um, – well, anyone, frankly, could just email me after this, and, and I could just give them some advice. I mean, I basically had just contacted other people that I'd found that just kind of through my own online research that uh, had sold sites for larger sums of money and said, hey, uh, I have this site. This is what it's earning. You know, what might you suggest I do? And uh, that's when they kind of said, you know, you can you know, you can go to an online marketplace and, and sell that type of uh, a site that way. But, you know, I, at the time, I didn't, want, I didn't want people to possibly come in and compete. And uh, you know, I'm not really knocking the idea of the online marketplace. I still, I've still sold sites through that method. Um, I've actually sold a few dozen sites, but um, none of them for this sum of money. So that's kind of what I've, why I decided I'm going to try this new approach, see if it gets me more money, and then uh, and see how that works. So it really is the case that you've got an asset that's, that's turning over, let's say, at least 10000 a month in profit because uh, that's, that's a six-figure you know, yearly income, then you could potentially be looking at um, well, I mean, you should be looking at a, a higher than six-figure sale for that already. So uh, that's the sort of, I guess, benchmark you could start looking at to go for a better caliber buyer than the online marketplaces. Yeah, and I mean, it's really a lot of them do look at you know both the earnings multiple, how long the site's been earning, you know, what markets it in, what market is it in, is it the niche leader, you know, all those types of factors can help improve the multiple that you're going to sell the site at. Mm -hmm. And uh, also to people that are looking to buy those sites, they sometimes will want those types of sites because they don't want to have to spend the effort. I mean, that's kind of more what I'm doing lately is I'm actually just kind of flipping around and doing the other thing where I'm, you know, buying more sites because and I've done the start the site from scratch thing and uh, now I just kind of buy stuff that's already existing and improve it so okay. that's kind of another aspect that i'm doing now too so which leads me to the next question what what, what do you do right now chris like <laughs> um you you have some niche sites that are review sites you have your blog about internet marketing sounds like you're buying and selling websites still and are you doing this all yourself what do you what do you do when you get up in the morning like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that's that's all pretty much true. And I mean, I do. I have a few like info type products in random niches, like a WordPress plugin, and um, like I had a course where I talked about Amazon stuff and uh, kind of how I build those sites. But actually, I I guess it's kind of you know I said it before that I kind of given up on the video game thing. But I had told myself I'm going to try one more time with video game. And uh, I did a course on how to buy or how to improve your skills in Halo because I used to play Halo professionally, and I used to also do Halo lessons hourly. So I was getting paid like thirty bucks an hour to teach people how to do Halo. So, <laughs> I, so I was like, okay, I'm going to do one one final push and do a course on you know how to improve Halo in Halo. And actually, wait, that's wait, I, I got to stop you for a second here. Okay. So there's this thing as Halo tutoring. I, I didn't know that was uh, an occupation. <laughs> 
and this has got to be a dream job for some people. So where on earth do you, do you find people wanting to pay money for Halo tuition? So a lot of it really was people that had just seen my videos from years before. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, and this is just kind of funny, my friends kind of make fun of me about it, but you know, we'll be playing Call of Duty or Halo Reach, and people will say, hey, are you that guy that made that video for Halo 2? You know, And this is they're talking about this video I made back way back when I was in college. And so, I mean, it was really popular, you know, these videos, because I, I did multiple videos during that time period, because you know, I frankly just didn't, was, didn't spend much time studying. <laughs> and so people would just kind of found me through that. I had a blog, it was thehalogod.com. It's still up now, but um, uh, they had basically just found me through that, and I started doing lessons that way, and I actually had a team that flew me out to coach them for an event, and they paid my expenses to come out, so... Wow. And it was just kind of more of the thing where, you know, I'd already been playing. I competed professionally. And I had these videos, and everyone kind of knew who I was. So it was uh, – and that's why I decided, you know, to do a Halo course. And then that was um, – that's been actually doing pretty well. Uh, in January, I made about $800 that month. So not like a huge earner, but for the amount of time I spent, you know, kind of doing it, just kind of putting together everything I teach in a typical lesson into a video format, you know, worked pretty well. So now that's interesting. That's, so there's basically a niche or niches out there for people who play video games professionally, and, and each game is potentially a niche. Yeah, I mean, it's, and especially you'll see this more with World of Warcraft. They were probably the first ones I'd say to do game type guides because there's you know millions of pe- people playing that game, and so people will do leveling guides. And I know that there are some of the top guides for these games are probably you know doing really well, like six figures well. But, uh, you know, I don't, it, I just basically knew, you know, I'm really good at Halo. I'm going to go ahead and just do a course because I already know everything that most people kind of struggle with when they're playing um, because of all the times I've been doing lessons over the years. And so that's kind of why I did that at the last time the new Halo came out in November of, of last year. So that was kind of one of several things I guess you could say I'm doing. And <laughs> I know I kind of got off on a tangent, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe we could wrap the call up by just give us an example of what a typical day is, is like for you. Like, what did you do today? It's obviously evening for you, so you get up in the morning, then what? Yeah, so today uh, I got up and I spent an hour or two looking for different types of sites to buy. Um, I'm just, it's kind of tough right now because I have some programmers working on some different ways to help me find sites that are more um, worth potentially buying. But anyways, now it's just kind of a, man, a manual process, and then people sometimes email me with uh, different types of sites. But, uh, you know, I get up, check my email, and I, I'm either answering questions inside, like uh, like Niche Profit Course is the course that I have, and I'll answer questions that people have posted in there, and then answer emails from people that have been reading my blog or something. And uh, I'm also working, too, with other types of people that um, sometimes I do consulting-type stuff. So it's it's really kind of tough to say what I do, but... Because sometimes I'll look back on the on a day and I'll be like, I don't really know what I did. <laughs> but I know that at the end of the day, I have – money is coming from different sources, you know, whether it's all these different little sites I've set up uh, or if it's an info course that I set up about a Halo product or a WordPress plugin. And so each day is really different, and that's kind of why I like it. You know, why I like what I do so much is because, you know, I can be like, okay, this week I'm going to focus on building out, you know, 10 other little niche sites because I found – People are searching this, and there's not that much competition. So I do that, or, or I'd be like, okay, I'm going to try and, you know, contact some people to uh, buy some sites. So it was just kind of a matter of just kind of switching everything, 
And uh, I always try and work at least eight hours a day. I try, I really try and stick to the normal work schedule because um, this is one thing I suggest is that it's kind of tough to, if you work all these weird hours and uh, all your friends, you know, are working a typical work time, then you'll find yourself, you know, waking up too late because you stayed up too late. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, now it's just kind of a matter of trying to stick to a typical work week and just build websites, buy websites, make products and unique niches. And, uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> okay. And, and let's, let's one last question then. Uh, cause that sounds like for a lot of people, the sort of lifestyle they like more in the sense that you can choose what projects you work on without stressing too much about where the money's coming from. Cause it's coming from so many places. Um, could you, for a person listening to this who's right at the very start, you know, they're still working their full-time job like you were a few years ago, and they're trying to transition so they don't have to depend on that and can choose how they spend their time on what projects, what would you recommend is the key? I think the biggest thing, it, and this is something that um, you might have heard before, but it's really just picking something that you're interested in at the start, really, and then you know trying to find something within that interest that where there's a market demand and there's not as much competition. So, you know, I did that kind of with netbook reviews and then I did that, you know, with that little halo course, which obviously isn't a huge earner, but, um, you know, I really think it's just something where, you know, everyone kind of has something that they know a lot about. And if you take that knowledge and, you know, apply it towards building a website that can, you know, be the best in your niche, then you could build it up and, you know, you could, that could be your, you know, full-time living or you could sell it. And, um, you really, I think it's just a matter of starting with something that you're interested in, um, where there's, you know, not too much competition and then building out a site and, um, eventually maybe even doing some products within that category as well. Mm. Okay. So with that in mind, if people want to grab more information to do these things from what you provide, uh, could you give us the links for obviously your blog, um, that I think is the niche profits course, which I'm assuming is very much focused on Amazon as well as this. Yeah. Yeah. So could you give us those URLs? Yeah. So my main blog and where pe- most people can just email me if they have any questions, it's, um, make money on the internet.com. And that's kind of sticking to that same strategy I have of using strong keyword domain names <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, nicheprofitcourse.com is the course that I put together where I talk about you know, building out uh, mini sites and authority sites with a focus on selling physical products through Amazon's affiliate program or other types of affiliate programs. And if you're a gamer and you want to see my old Halo videos, you can go to thehalogod.com and check those out. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> uh, you never know what people get up to in their, <laughs> their spare time. Huh? <laughs> Professional video game tuition. I'm, I'm quite surprised by that. That's very cool. Thank you, Chris, for um, taking the time to do this interview, and I'm sure people listening to it would have got some nice tidbits in different types of areas from buying and selling websites to uh, making money with the Amazon affiliate program and even training people in video games. So there's markets in all kinds of places out there. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks again for having me on. And for everyone listening, if you're interested in more podcast interviews like this one just done with Chris, you can hear or well, download and listen to any of them at my blog, which is at entrepreneurs-journey.com, or you can just Google my name, which is Yarrow, Y-A-R-O, and you'll find uh, all the content under the podcast tab there. Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>